Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. We consider it a wonderful honor to come across this broadcast. With me today, as always, is my friend Stephanie. She's got some serious uh, allergy kind of things going on with her throat, so bear with us. I got a little bit going on. How are you doing this morning, Stephanie? Good morning, Doug. You know, I'm here by the grace of God. <laughs> we won't ask my you to kids, sing this morning. Yeah. No, no, that'd be best not. My kids love to share with me when it's something like this, and so... They've been fighting junk again, and I'm here I am, just got over something, and here I am again, but it's still a good day. Yeah, yeah, when you got a lot of people around each other, things spread. I'm certain that two out of my three COVID times were brought on by knowing the uh, Stephanie family here. (laughs) I'm glad I got through it, man. And glad I got through them already, but uh, that's right. So we got a word. So this is something we've covered before, but someone presented it to me on the Help for Wounded Spirits uh, Facebook page, and you all know that's the page that's kind of a complimentary page that goes along with this broadcast, goes along with the TV shows, goes along with the camps, all that we do. Remember, you still have time. I think by the time you hear this camp you'll still have time to run over to camp joy wisconsin so remember that Uh, but anyway they asked the question about insecurity and being insecure and those types of things and the question was kind of asked in a few different ways but i want to say this i'm pretty sure that when we start talking about being insecure we're talking about being afraid there's a lot of words you can use for fear but in my life when i'm insecure it's because of fear and uh, it's and and so I want to remind everybody of the verse it says in Second Timothy one seven for God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. But I know this too, Stephanie. As I say that verse, I know there's certain people that can bring out more insecurities in us. And by that I'm saying I know that it can feel a little different, but it's still fear. Different people can yeah can freak us out, things of that nature. I mean, what are you thinking here mm-hmm. when we talk about insecurity or fear? Yeah, well, you of all people know that due to my life, this is a big deal. And by God's grace, it's becoming less of a big deal. But when you have been abused for years and years and years and yeah. had lies on your throat, you do start to believe them yeah. or you do totally even embrace them without even realizing it. And the fear of rejection, I think, is or fear of betrayal. Those are those are huge. Yeah. And the fear of if somebody finds out what I've been through their view of me will change. And that is a legitimate fear. Okay. That is very legitimate. That happens. And yet Satan tries to use that to keep us crippled. 
And that's where, that's where understanding our value before God and the fact that his love for us is unchanging, unwavering, infinite. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't end when something bad happens to us and pick up after we've gotten all better. No, his love stays the same. Yeah. And in fact, from scripture, I think you could say that there is a sense in which you, in which when you have been broken, the Lord is nearer to those who have, who have been broken. Yeah. He's not on those with a broken heart. Yes. And so Satan will seek to use all of those things that have been done to you to drive you further from God. When God is saying, no, 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 no. I love you more because you've been through those things. I I'm watching out for you. I'm protecting you. I'm hearing your cries. And that's, that's the solution to fear. Um, and that's easy for me to say, trust me, it's a journey to get there. Um, but, but knowing our God loves us unconditionally is huge to get through these things. Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, my favorite Psalm that's helped me through so many fear things, you know, my life verses in there and, and all those different things. But one of them, uh, Sam, Psalm 34, again, verse number four, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And I, I think that there needs to be a realization that you dealt with something. It's got to be in our life. We got to say, Hey, I yeah. dealt with something. Uh, if it's illegal, we got to take care of that portion of the something we dealt with. You know, PTSD just doesn't show up. Hurting hearts just don't show up. Uh, I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, something happened to us. There's a trauma there and a trigger. And I think sometimes if we avoid the traumas, if we avoid those things that hurt us, the stressors, as the VA would call them, or the Veterans Affairs, if we avoid those things and try to hide them and try to cover them up, man, we can get stuck in insecurity, Bill. And uh, we can get stuck yeah. there for a long time. You know, well, I'm not good mm-hmm. enough. I, and then the self-handicapping and, and yeah. God forbid the self-injury. But it is self-handicapping if you're, if you're keeping yourself stuck in something. If you're, you're not putting it out there, if you're not calling it what it is, that realization thing, you know, those 12 steps to healing from PTSD. And we're going to hop in those when we hop in narcissism. We'll cover a step every day and then talk about what we're doing in narcissism. But one of those steps is you got to admit what's happened to you. You got you to gotta admit these things and know these things and admit them to God. And because uh, we need to write these things down and talk to God about them every morning, every night, in the afternoon. We want to do these things internalized. You know, someone will say, well, uh, you know, watch this or do this. But we need to get out and be with other people, be in our church, trust God, step out. And and Stephanie, do exactly what we were just talking about. We got to turn folks in that hurt us. We've got to to reach that level of, uh, you know, you broke the law. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard. And it does. Yeah. No, I agree. And, um this is a journey God's had me on very recently. And I think I described it to you or somebody that it's like, it was easy. It was easier for me to deal with the obvious stuff, the stuff the world knew about already. That was so much easier to work through and deal with than the storage shed that was packed to the hilt with boxes. Yeah. Man. from years and years because it seems so much safer to just keep that storage shed paddle act shut 
and not open up those boxes. But what I'm getting to experience now and opening that storage shed did almost kill me. Yeah. So, but, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, but what I have found that's is a beauty that I did not know I could have on this side of heaven. I'm experiencing a freedom and a joy and a peace that I honestly did not know I could have. It's almost like getting saved again, if I could put it that bluntly, because it's like baggage that I really thought it was my duty to carry to my grave. I don't have to carry it anymore. Yeah. And and there the freedom that has come with that. And so I just I would put a huge, huge encourage encouraging word out there to anyone who has been abused. And has and thinks you know you think you're doing the right thing by hiding it by covering it, but in in essence you are aiding and embedding criminals by doing that. And to come to terms that that's what I did was very very hard, and it is breaking, and it is a part of the healing process sometimes to open up wounds that are full of infection and clean them out. And I don't mean infection in terms of your sin. A lot of times it's stuff that's been done to you, but our part is to come clean of it in not in repentance because you didn't sin, That's right. but come clean of it in following by faith God's, God's will, which is to turn in the evildoers, that they can be brought to justice yeah. so that they don't hurt somebody else. And that's huge. It's a, it's a massive part to getting over fear. Yeah. And it, Psalm 62, eight is something that we always talk about at PTSD conferences and camps and things of that nature. Trust in him at all times. You people pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for all of us. And uh, we always talk about having to acknowledge that trauma and, and, and folks, that's when, that's when healing begins. That's when satisfaction shows up. I mean, again, when your voice is quivering, when you're shaking, when it's against everything that the devil has been telling you and, uh, when it's yeah. against everything that the devil has been shaping you and, and trying to get you to fall under this spell of, well, we're not going to tell anybody anything because, you know, it might be wrong. People won't believe me. Hey, we serve a bigger God than that. And uh, that's right. And if you're going to get through this, folks, you need to get through it and you need to seek the help yes. from authorities and and things of that nature. We got to get through things. And and I'm telling you, you know, carrying around junk for the whole of a lifetime can just mess you up. And I've said this before, and I'll close with this statement. I'll say it again is I had a sister who was raped as a teenager and, uh, never dealing with things properly with God and, and, and other people, they did lock the guy up. We went to the police immediately. I mean, we didn't wait one second. Uh, my brother and I were, you know, hell bent on uh, getting a shotgun and going up there and shooting a guy. Luckily the cops had already taken him away. He went to jail for 18 years. I, I don't know. And, uh, uh, but I'm here to tell you, she never acknowledged things with God, with people. I, it was just at a point where, uh, today as a 63 year old woman, she's in assisted living facility and, uh, yeah. and it, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. So we got to remember folks that acknowledging the trauma is a big part of our healing and, uh, talking to God, going to God and being truthful about it. You know, the devil wants to minimize things that happen to us. The devil wants to say, you're just a big baby, suck it up. And, uh, uh, you know, let me tell you, there's no place for suck it up in God's word. Hey, we're going to be right back. Take a minute and listen to what your radio stations have to tell you this morning.
All right, we're back with you, and and uh, thank you so much for hanging in there with us. And as always, Stephanie and I are in the book of Proverbs. Uh, we're in chapter 20. You know, one day, Stephanie, we're going to say we're in our narcissism study. I have a feeling we're not terribly long from that. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and start with four verses today. We're on Psalm 30 through Psalm 34. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding and lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little chamber, slumber, a little folding of the hands of sleep, so shall thy poverty Come at one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. All, all of a sudden, Stephanie, here we are. He goes to a garden that belongs to a, a lazy person, a slothful person, a person not getting the job done, a, people, a person not working, a person not doing the things they should do. And it's just filled with uh, stickers and, and, and thorns and all those things that hurt you when you can't get to the vineyard, you can't get the grapes. You know, things are being choked out. They're not growing the way they should. And, and to get into the grapes, I mean, you almost have to wear a hazmat suit and, and be, you know, so you're not stuck with things. But this is a picture in that first verse, you know, I'm going to that field and the man was void of understanding. And I think in that first verse, void of understanding is we got a lazy slug here, not wanting to take care of his stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, ironically enough, that's what so much of our world is characterized by <clears throat> right now is just the sense of irresponsibility and carelessness. And I think that's what Solomon's referring to here. And boy, I, years ago, I, I had a sh- very short stint while Debbie was in nursing school. I was in the army. I was sold some used cars and stuff. And you could tell a car in about two minutes. You could tell if people took care of them. You could tell if, if they were well cared for. You could you could tell the difference. And it made as much as a couple thousand dollars at trade-in. And uh, again, people not taking care of stuff. In this vineyard, I mean, we're talking about feeding people. We're taking care of people. And we see that verse there in 31. And lo, there was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. So the wall that was put up around it was there to keep stuff out, to keep predators out, to get people from taking your grapes to, and that's broken down. And then everywhere you go, it's just overgrown. And uh, that's a picture of a lifetime sometimes. Some people aren't taking care of themselves and they're overgrown. They they pulled the wall down. They're uh, doing the things we shouldn't be doing. Uh, I, I mean, Stephanie, this is, you could look at a life like this and say, what are mm-hmm. you doing? You know, what is this all about? Yes. Well, it's, you know, when I look at this, I think it's very interesting that it says, that this is what happens to a man void of understanding. In other words, he's empty. Yeah. Um, there's nothing of worth in him. And by that, I do not mean that the man himself does not have worth. By that, I mean he has not put any effort into filling himself with God. Right. With God's word, with the principles of God's word. He has emptied himself of anything godly. And when you do that, you open yourself up to Satan. You, em- you open yourself up to foolishness, to stupidity. If I, uh oh, you dropped off a little bit. Are you I th- dropped off. Yeah, you said you open yourself up to stupidity, and we didn't hear anything after that. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why, because I haven't moved. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, no, I said, you, you know, you open yourself up to lies of the devil. When you do not have an inflow of God, there will be an inflow of this world and its sickness. That is just the basic facts of how life works. And that's what this man is in this passage. He has shut off the God valve and has opened the floodgates of and then that's what we see here. Yeah, and and you you I, I don't know why, but you dropped a little bit. I think we couldn't. Okay. Just, just. I don't know. Um, I can I, you hear me better now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I can. I think it was all right there. But you know, if we look at this verse, a couple things come to my mind as we go through this. We look at thirty-one again, and lo, it was grown all over with thorns and nettles. We just went through that. There are broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. So, I, you know, that verse means the wise man learned from the tragedy of that. He learned from the terribleness of that. He learned from, uh, you know, that there's something good underneath all that. I can make a difference. This is different. The instruction is, and uh, and then it goes down and it talks about um, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come at one that traveleth, and thy want an armed man. And and so here we are. It's it's saying that the you know, a lazy man or a woman can just let things go and they travel it. They don't care what's happening with their vineyard, but they care when they're out of money. They care when they don't have the food to eat. They care when they don't have the fruit to meet. But a wise man can look at something like that and consider and say, you know, I can buy this and, and get rid of all this thistle and thorns and nettles and all these crazy things. And something good can come out of that. I can rebuild the wall but a lazy man just goes in and lays down. So again, the contrast here is staggering, Stephanie, between what mm-hmm. somebody sees and, you know, the wise man sees is, hey, I can take this somewhere. But the the fool, the fool is the one who's still messing these things up. You know, the fool mm-hmm. is the one who's got the bad garden. So I, I think if we look at this, Stephanie, we can look at and compare this to a human life even, compare it to us. You know, and how do we take care of our things? How do we take care of our homes? How do we take care of our vehicles? You know, Mm -hmm. how do we take care of our clothes? How do we, you know, all those different things. These are all things that God gives us. And honestly, in our life, we should be, you know, there should be some fruit coming out of our lives. And to have fruit come out of our lives, we need to be clean. We need to have, you know, walls in the right places and gates in the right places and and, and, you know, things that produce fruit and all those different things, but it, it takes a little bit of work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, when we leave and look at the garden of Eden, work was a part of the garden of Eden. Work in and of itself is not a part of the curse. If you look at the, at the garden of Eden, God put the man there to dress it and to keep it. Work was, was created as part of God's order in the perfect world, work was still involved. And yes, we didn't have the second law of thermodynamics where there's, there's decay and there's deterioration and there's our kids' bedrooms that seemingly fall apart when no one is in them. Um, so of course that, that aspect wasn't there, but work has always been a part of God's plan. Yes. And we live in a culture that is repulsed by God's plan. And because of that, 
people don't want to work. It, it's it's literally it's it's so much a part of the pagan humanistic um, mindset that ooh, work is a dirty four letter word. No, work is a godly word. It's the godly solution to getting into trouble. It's the godly solution to staying focused on what's right. God put it here for a reason. And when we violate that that plan of God, there is going to be disorder. There is going to be messes. There's going to be, um, when we bought our, our house here, um, I don't know if you remember, but you know, like the pullback yard and everything, it, it was just a disaster. It had been completely let go. And, you know, we're, we've been slowly, um, working at it, getting it pulled together, making it, trying to make it look nice. And, you can't let stuff go. It will fall apart. <laughs> and so that's, that's how life is. And I think of the foolish man in Matthew seven, I believe it is when Jesus talks about the wise man and the foolish man and the foolish man builds his house in the sand. Yeah. And that's what I see here in this man that's void of understanding is he has built his life on sand. There is nothing stable and the result is an absolute disaster in his life. Yeah. And, and I think folks, you know, maybe as we close this thing out and we look at this, what we should walk away from is a couple things. When we're, when we have, uh, things that God gave us, we need to be good stewards of those things. And you know what? It kind of changes your whole life. I don't, you know, I wash my car literally almost every day because there's a brushless car wash about a quarter of a mile from my house that charges 15 bucks a month, whether you wash it once or every day. And I go through it almost every single day. And then I, you know, wax it and coat it and stuff at home. But I want it to look good. I feel so much better about driving my cars when they're clean. I feel so much better about having people over my home when they're nice. But then there's some people who tell me, Stephanie, I can't have anybody over my home. It's not nice. It's fallen apart. So folks, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves pushing things that God gave us into a category of laziness and just everything goes bad on us. So we have to really work hard on that. And then as we started with fear and insecurity, all that is, is bondage. You can't have a life of bondage. You don't have relationships that way. You can't live that way. We've all met so many people who've tried to live that way, but insecurity and fear is bondage. And, mm. uh, and that's what yeah. it is. And, and the Bible says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We cry out to God, that spirit of adoption. We love you, folks. Listen, make sure that uh, uh, you listen to every word Eric has to say. No, we love you. If you've got to get a hold of us, drop me a note at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. The notes have been coming in. I've been trying to answer all of them. And uh, we'd love to talk to you about our ministry and what we got going. We sure do love you folks. And hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, 
you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.